This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Twins underway in a matinee at Target Field. They trail the Tigers 1-0, inning number two. The Twins won 6-3 in game one of the three-game series on Friday night. Uh, they rallied to do it as well. Eddie Rosario, a three-run home run, one of the big blows in the game as the Twins win on Friday night. Wild and Blue is coming up in St. Paul. We'll talk more sports a little bit later on on a Sports Saturday here at CCO. Right now, we're pleased to be joined by Steve Satorius uh, from Weedman here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and uh, with the rain and now the sun, uh, my yard is growing quickly, and, and I'm sure that's true all over the area. Oh, absolutely. Now's the time. It's uh, Spring is finally here. Everything is uh, greening up and getting going right now. And I'm sure your crews are very busy getting that uh, spring fertilization done right now. Exactly. Yep. Uh, right now is a great time to kind of get the lawns growing, get them out of dormancy, get that spring fertilizer down. We're we're hard at it right now, getting to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Steve, it, it's funny. We should go back to last fall. That late fall application is really a big deal, isn't it? Huge. Yep. Huge. Um, putting down your, you know, people call it the winterizing fertilizer is so beneficial for that turf grass to have that nutrients kind of stores it in the crown of the plant gets through winter. You know, hopefully you kind of see it come up a little bit quicker in the spring as well. Yeah. And a lot of it is driven by soil temps. So in certain parts of your yard, if the turf hasn't responded, be patient, especially if uh, it doesn't get a lot of sun or it's on the north side of the house, it'll be a little slower, won't it? It's yeah. Oh, that's so huge. Being patient um, is so critical. I mean, I understand it. You know, once the snow melts, you get a nice day. Everybody wants to get out there and, you know, start working at things, but you can actually do a little more harm than good if you get out there too soon. And just like you said, you can have places in your lawn that, you know, even different grass types can kind of come out of dormancy, a little slower, shaded areas. You know, I had a couple spots in my lawn that were still looking brown, and now with the moisture, a little more warm temperatures, they've they've greened right back up. You know, if I had gone out there and tried to work on them, I would have uh, basically just wasted my time. All right, Steve, uh, let's talk about some of the do's and don'ts right now as we get into late April. Is it is it okay to go out there and rake? I know when I was a kid, my dad would send my brother and I out there with the heavy rakes and would tell us to de-thatch the lawn. Yeah. Is, is, is that a good idea to go out there and really rake that turf hard and get all that stuff out of there? I'm not a big fan of it. Okay. You know, um, know de-thatching or, or, you know, power raking, if it's, so vigorous, you know, sometimes you're, you're doing more harm than good. You're ripping out, you know, a lot of the good grass that you have in there. Um, you know, I only usually recommend that in severe cases where you have more than an inch of thatch in that grass, then maybe something like that would be necessary. Other than that, um, you know, a light raking with like a plastic leaf rake, you know, that's fine. Kind of get up the, the loose material. Otherwise, you know, you want to keep 
lot of that material in your lawn. That's organic matter. It goes back into the soil. That's going to help out your turf kind of and your soil um, throughout the year. So, yeah, I don't like to be too vigorous, especially here in the spring when the, the grass is still kind of waking up. So just go out there and pick up the sticks. It seems like I have sticks everywhere. We had a lot of wind this wind, winter, and yep. the trees blew down a lot of stuff. And I've gone out and picked up the big stuff. But it is okay just to lightly rake. But uh, anything more than that, once again, you're doing damage. Exactly. Yep, right. yep. Just a, just a light, you know, spring cleanup, get up the debris. Other than that, um, you know, kind of leave it out there. All right. And people are wondering about uh, aerating, taking the plugs out. Now, I know typically you like to do that in the fall. Why is that? Well, we kind of like doing it in the fall. In the spring, you're going to be wanting to do your crabgrass pre-emergent as well. Um, And that puts a literal barrier in the soil. So if you go out there, you do the aeration, you pull out those pores of soil, possibly you could be poking holes in your your crabgrass pre-emergent barrier. You could be opening up areas for other weeds, um, crabgrass to kind of come up. So that's why we kind of like to do them in the fall. Now, having said that, the aeration process is so good for the turf grass. It, you know, it's not really hurting the turf to do it right now in the spring. You know, it's still good for it. It's just kind of the the weed pressure, that crabgrass pre-emergence, the only thing that we're a little bit worried about doing it in the spring, you know. If you have have the capabilities of the fall, you're, you're not worried about any of those things. That's right. why we kind of recommend it in the fall. So ideally do it in the fall, and you're going to get the best results with, with the aeration. Yep, exactly. And and by the way, if you have a question about turf for Steve, by all means, give us a call or, or send us a text. Our text line, 818-07-81807. You can call the program at 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. You kind of brought up that dirty word, crabgrass. But the the timing (laughs) of controlling crabgrass, that's a tricky thing. If if you're doing it right now, it's probably too early. Exactly. And, you know, I don't know where that, you know, idea came from. I'll have people saying, um, I think they want to apply it while there's still snow out there. They they want to get out there and they're like, oh, we already missed crabgrass. You know, it's still early. We, We really monitor those soil temperatures. 55 degrees, that kind of mark that you'll hear often, that's when you kind of want to start putting it down. Um, Right now, we're still in like kind of the upper 40s. So, yeah, we're still a little bit early for getting it down. We're getting close, though. Um, But, yeah, if you put it down too early, again, like I said, it puts that barrier in the soil. That barrier can get broken down by microorganisms, um, water, so rain. Uh, warmer weathers, warmer temperatures, it can break down a little bit quicker. So if you put it down too soon, you're not going to have anything that's still there by the time crabgrass actually starts to become a problem. So that's why we, we kind of talk about uh, patience in, in lawn care here in the spring and, and waiting until that, you know, it's hard to say a date, but usually kind of mid-May is it's a great time for that crabgrass pre-emergent. All right, so pay attention to the soil temp. One other thing I'm starting to see, it's it's extraordinary how quickly it goes. Uh, You get some rain, you get some sun, and dandelions appear. And and some people don't mind dandelions, and some people are on a a total dandelion mission. 
How do you handle those at Weed Man, and what do you recommend for people to do uh, as far as controlling dandelions? Yeah, great question. And, and you know, for, for if you like dandelions, they're only a weed if you don't want it. So if you like them, then they're not really considered a weed. So that's that's okay if that's a personal preference. However, obviously, um, a lot of us out there don't like to see those yellow flowers. Um, anytime they're actively growing is an okay time to treat them. Um, dandelions are usually... Um, pretty easy to control. So anything from hardware store, um, you know, garden store that you buy over the counter should start to work on dandelions. Um, the, the biggest thing I like to talk about is trying to get that lawn healthier. If you can get that lawn a little bit healthier, thicker, you know, that's your best way of, of kind of preventing uh, dandelions from coming up. And that's kind of the end goal to try and use less products out on the lawn if you can get it healthier. Um, hopefully you're not not out there spraying as many dandelions every time. Yeah, and, and that really has to do with, with getting that turf thick and healthy so it crowds out those weeds and they don't have room. You bet. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, if you have a nice, thick, dense um, stand of turf, you know, you might only see one or two dandelions throughout a year. If you got a lot of open spaces, dandelions are very good at reproducing. You know, they know what they're doing. They can spread. Um, if they have open areas, they're going to take advantage and, and pop up and, and do their thing. All right, Steve, a couple other things when it comes to turf as we move through the season. One is soil quality and that sort of thing. Uh, is, is it a good idea to understand what you're dealing with? And, you know, in your business, uh, you do this sort of thing for a living. Uh Soil conditions vary widely around the Twin Cities area from the sand plain up north. There, there's clay here and there. It, it really is a mixed bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, and it's so important. Um, we always talk about the, the root system. So it, it's not what you can see, but it's, it's what's driving your turf grass. Um, and having six to eight inches of good topsoil, so we're talking about black dirt, is so vital um, for your turf grass to, to survive. And we have definitely seen issues kind of in new developments. A lot of times, um, you know, if that black dirt isn't kind of evenly graded or if it's, if it's removed and they're laying sod on, you know, basically the, the subsoil, which is almost like gravel or concrete, you can really struggle um, to get your turf grass to grow. Now, over time, the nice thing about turf grass is that it, it recycles that, that organic matter. So those leaf blades, they go back, they kind of become soil. So over time, it can kind of build up its own topsoil, but it can struggle for a few years if you don't have um, adequate amount of, of topsoil to get started. Yeah, and, and is there a way to amend that? Are there are things that can be done? Or, or sometimes does it just become a lost cause and you're starting over and you need to rehabilitate your turf and uh, yeah. bring in bring in soil and, and start fresh? There's not an easy solution. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, not, it's not something that uh, just happens overnight. Uh, you could do top dressing. So that would be the process of um, using kind of an organic um, material Again, most garden stores would have something that's kind of pelletized that you could spread over your turf grass um, that will act as that organic matter, kind of start to build up that soil. Um, you could buy topsoil, you know, buy, you know, either by the bag or, or, you know, get a couple yards of topsoil and try to spread it out evenly over the lawn. As long as it, you're still seeing the grass blades, so, you know, if you only put down a quarter of an inch at a time, 
you would be okay to kind of introduce that new topsoil. But we're talking about a long process. If you're doing a quarter of an inch to, you know, a half an inch at a time, and we want to get six to eight inches, that's going to be over the course, you know, of a, a, a few years. You wouldn't be able to do it just immediately. All right. People are chomping at the bit to mow that turf. I'm yeah. sure you've got some strong recommendations there. Uh, longer is generally better, especially as we get into the warm months. L- yeah. Let's talk about that, Stephen. What do you tell your clients? The, the golden rule is uh, one-third. So we never want to remove one, more than one-third of the leaf blade at a time. So if your lawn's growing right now, it is definitely good to put out there to mow it. That's going to kind of uh, perk it up and, and bring out some more growing from it as well. Um, usually what I recommend um, is, you know, let's say you're mowing it at, at three inches. So you want to mow it or it grows up to three inches. You mow it down to two inches. You never want to take off more of that leaf blade. Now, I do recommend leaving it longer, so I have mine kind of at its highest setting. Um, And more frequent, the better. So we don't want it to let it grow up to, say, five inches and then cut it down (laughs) to a half an inch. Uh, What you're doing there, we call it scalping. And what happens is the turf blade, you know, it loses all that material. So then it kind of says to itself, I need to grow all that back. And it only, its only focus is using all of its energy to grow back that, that leaf blade. If you mow more often, it's able to kind of store some of that energy, put it into the root system, and, and kind of help thicken it up, especially with Kentucky bluegrass. That can help spread on its own um, to help get it a little bit thicker. Um, so mowing is very important. Um, there's really three things, fertilizing, proper mowing, proper watering to get yourself a um, healthy-looking lawn mowing people kind of uh, don't think twice about it but it's very important Fre- more frequent the better sharper mower blade that's a big deal too um if you can see your leaf blade and you can see like little fringes on it i always kind of compare it to like celery if you take a bite out of celery you have like sure. kind of the little strings if you're seeing that on your leaf blade time to get that lawnmower sharpened um, get that blade sharpened a nice clean cut heals quicker have less problems with disease later in the year um, and just kind of helps out the overall health of your lawn. All right. And uh, people sometimes, if they let it go too long or they're trying to pick up other debris, they will bag. Uh, is, Is that okay or do you prefer always to cut and let it lay? If you have to, I mean, if you have to beg, if it's that long, you know, you're on vacation, come back, it's sure. that long. You don't want it just piling up on your turf. You know, if if you have the leaf blades that are going to be, you know, piled up on the lawn and preventing sunlight, everything, you're going to have issues. So if it's that long, okay to beg. Otherwise, yes, please mulch. Leave those leaf clippings on the lawn. Again, you're putting that organic matter back into the soil. It's giving nutrients to your lawn, so it's like adding fertilizer to it, and, and you're improving your soil conditions as well, and and less waste. You know, you don't need to be throwing away um, those clippings when you can kind of leave them on the lawn. All right, uh, and then you brought up watering. Uh, we, we've had plenty of rain lately. It was a very dry spring, but we've had plenty of water. What do you recommend to your clients on how to properly water? Because sometimes I've got neighbors that run their automatic sprinklers every day for a little bit in the morning, and it seems to me not the right way to do it. I, I uh, pump water out of the river onto my yard, but I only do it a couple times a week. 
Perfect. Yep. Uh, I mean, get a, what I would say is get a rain gauge so we okay. kind of know what you're what you're getting out there from Mother Nature. Uh, usually, the rule of thumb is between an inch to an inch and a half a week. That's usually what the turf grass needs. When we get hotter, um, it's going to require more. Um, but the other thing we always say is deep and infrequent. So you want to water more at a time, but less often. So let's say we're trying to hit an inch of uh, water per week. I usually would recommend just watering twice and doing about a half inch uh, each time. And if you think about it, you're kind of trying to simulate like a big rainstorm. So you get a lot of water. That water kind of percolates through the soil. As it goes down deeper into the soil, the root system will kind of chase after that water. And that's how that root system gets deeper. If you water every day just a little bit, the root system has no reason to dig deeper into the soil. It's just going to stay on top. You're setting yourself up for nasty diseases if it gets hot out, plus just weaker turf that's going to struggle um, just with, you know, normal walking or any sort of um, traffic on it as well. So, yeah, deep and infrequent, so important for water. All right, so so program that automatic sprinkler system. And, and by the way, uh, I think it is code to have one of those detectors if you have an automatic system. You yeah. know, if you get rain, so, so you're not watering when we've already had rain. I think when I see a sprinkler system going off while it's raining, I think that's probably one of my bigger pet peeves. So, yeah, that, you know, having one of those uh, sensors or just a rain gauge, you know, you yeah. don't need to have it go off every time if we're getting rain. You know, just kind of uh, take a look at that and, um, you know, just kind of be smart about it. Steve Satorius uh, joining us from Weedman here in the Twin Cities. And uh, before we let Steve go, we'll, we'll have the website and a, a phone number where you can get a hold of those folks uh, before we say goodbye. A few more minutes with Steve. Uh, we got a quick call during the break. They couldn't hang on the line, but they wanted to know about the dreaded creeping Charlie. What do you do? Yeah, the, those purple flowers. That yeah. one, um, ground ivy is another name for it. It's uh, the tough one. Everybody everybody talks about it. They know about it. If you have it in your lawn, you definitely know about it because it is spreading. Um, there's no secret. You just got to be persistent. Um, you know, so it has a really thick coating on its leaf surface that can sometimes prevent the weed control product from entering that leaf surface. So there are some different weed controls that you could go to a store that are um, a little bit more designed to, to break down that waxy coating to actually enter the leaf surface. But normally, like what I say on our program, in a, in a full year, treating it kind of any time that it's actively growing, you can usually get at least 90% of it taken care of in one year. Um, you know, sometimes it will um, react a little bit quicker. You might get all of it in that first year, but it's just a matter of persistence. And then, um, you know, just staying on top of it. So, you, you know, you let it go for a year or so. Um, it's, it's good at uh, spreading, and it can come right back. All right, so, so that is a, a pain. Steve, uh, yeah. what are some mistakes you see that uh, do-it-yourselfers make? Is it, is it putting down too much material, too much fertilizer? What do you see out there? Yeah, yeah. I think um, one of the big ones, you know, you're buying – if you're buying fertilizer, you're usually buying it in like something that says it treats 5,000 or maybe 10,000 square feet. Um, I think one of the biggest issues is, you know, let's say your lawn's only 3,000 square feet. Uh, you get done treating the, the lawn, you have some left, and so you just kind of go back and do it again, right? Just yeah, use, up use it bag. up. Yeah, yeah, use it up. <laughs> um, 
you know, anything that you're, if you're putting it over the recommended rate on, on that bag, you know, it's going to have a label. It's going to tell you how much to put down. If you're putting more than that down, you're doing harm. You know, maybe not necessarily to the turf grass that might be able to sustain it, but um, it's probably not going to be able to take up all those nutrients so that, you know, you're wasting some of it. It's, it's moving through the, the soil um, into the groundwater. Uh, so obviously paying attention to your, the size of your lawn, um, the amount of product that you're putting down is so crucial. Um, there is that happy window of, of, you know, not, not enough, but not too much. Um, so just really paying attention to, to the size, what, what actual size of your lawn you can go on there, um, have different websites, um, you know, Google earth type of a thing that you can actually, you know, instead of walking off your lawn, you could kind of measure it. So you really have a, an idea on the square footage that you're dealing with and you can kind of more appropriately pick out the products while, while you're getting started. All right, finally, Steve, before we run out of time, we've got the weather coming up here at 2.30 today. Um, insects, um, it, it's still too early for a lot of that stuff, but I know a, a year ago a lot of people are dealing with a lot of insects problems that they really start near turf and then migrate into the trees, etc. My apple trees have a grapevine, had all sorts of problems with these black beetles. Is, is there things that you can do up front to maybe mitigate some of those insect problems? Yeah, Japanese beetles. That's uh, the one that we're probably seeing the most of. When you say grapevine, those are the, usually the ones um, that you just see piled on them, and they yeah. they suck suck out the juices of the leaf blades. They skeletalize it, is what it's called. Um, they're coming. They they're moving their way east. They started in New Jersey, and they're they're moving their way out to us, um, out west. So they're only going to become more of a problem. Um, they're they're difficult yeah um you can do an insect control um so that's probably a liquid application that you could treat um you know where you're having problems whether it's rose bushes or birch trees they love as well so you can do that um the other thing is those japanese beetles when they lay their eggs their eggs hatch into white grubs and if you've had grubs you probably know it because they can do um, significant amount of damage onto your turf grass so um, there, you could go to a garden store again, um, buy a product that um, actually prevents those um, grubs from forming in your lawn. And it, it's usually 100% guaranteed by the uh, manufacturer uh, to prevent those grubs. Usually it goes down late June, early July. Um, so it's a great way to stop them from reproducing in your lawn um, as well as protecting your turf. As far as killing the, the actual beetles, Anytime you start to see them, anytime they're active, most insect controls are what they call contact um, insect controls. So they just, you know, anytime you're seeing them, you can treat them. And when it comes in contact with it, um, they'll move on to a better place. All right, those grubs in the ground, though, that's that's what the moles like. Moles love them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, if you're having mole issues, which uh, that's so tough. Yeah. So I apologize right. if you're having those. Um, yeah, doing that grub control can prevent one of their main food sources. However, it's not the end all. You know, they still like to eat earthworms, other thing in the things in the soil. So it's not going to be 100%. Hey, I have I have moles, so I'm going to do the grub control now. I won't have moles, and and that might not even stop them just from traveling through your lawn. But 
I would recommend it. You know, if I had mold problem, I would definitely do a grub control, at least cut down on one of those food sources for them. Well, Steve, it's been great. Uh, great to visit with you. Thanks for all the yeah. tremendous info. How do people get in touch with Weed Man here in the Twin Cities? Yeah, absolutely. You can check out our website, uh, just weedmanusa.com, or absolutely give us a call. Uh, we're right here in Egan, 651 456 9696. I'm often answering a lot of the phones myself, so if you call, you might get to talk to me. All right, Stephen, and by the way, you service the entire Twin Cities area, right? Entire Twin Cities, yep, yep. Entire greater metro, absolutely. All right, what's that number again? 651-456-9696. All right, Steve, great to visit with you today. Yeah, I'm glad we are able to connect, Steve. Thank you so much for having me on. Take care. Yeah, you too. All right. Steve, yep. uh, Steve Satorius uh, joining us from Weedman USA here in the Twin Cities, and you can go to their website, weedmanusa.com. 231, we'll have the weather in a moment. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 2.36, 24 minutes now in front of three wild down early in St. Paul to the Blues. It is 1-0 St. Louis, and the Blues could advance with the win today. The Wild trying to force a game six back in St. Louis. Meanwhile, the Tigers lead the Twins 3-2. to two. They're underway at Target Field. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. Otherwise, a lovely Saturday. We had kind of a rainy week for sure, but uh, the sun is out, and uh, timing couldn't be better for Earth Day. And one of the things... Uh, one of the big days is at uh, Como Park and Como Park Zoo. And Lindsay Sepnazki joins us on the line. Lindsay, a pleasure to visit with you. How are you doing today? We're doing good. I hope you're doing well. As- yeah. I-, I wish I was at uh, the zoo. Uh, as a young lad, I grew up on Maryland Avenue, very close to uh, Como Park, and spent a lot of time at the zoo. It's a great, great spot. And there's a lot going on this weekend at the Como Park Zoo. There is. We've got a lot happening to celebrate Earth Day with our Party for the Planet weekend, and we have it tagged as Conservation Superheroes. So we're having a lot of fun over here, and it's very busy. Yeah, (laughs) and I can imagine. And uh, Como Park, just one of the treasures here in the Twin Cities, and the zoo is just uh, phenomenal. Uh, some of my uh, great, great memories as a kid, Sparky the Seal, et cetera. So there's a ton going on. Tell us about some of the events. Sure. So as I mentioned, we've got Party for the Planet, which is presented by Excel Energy. So we've, with that, we've got a couple fun things happening, such as a tiny house, which is uh, very energy efficient with Excel Energy, which is out on our zoo grounds. We also have some fun activities that are kind of going off of how animals have superpowers and how we, so they're sort of superheroes in their own way. And then we are, should be superheroes for animals and be conservation superheroes. So we've got the different exciting things that animals have, such as like the power of flight and masters of disguise and some of those superpowers. And so we have little activities to get people kind of creatively thinking about how animals kind of exist in our world and how we can help them to exist and continue to exist. Yeah, so by all means, get the kids out. If not today, tomorrow looks like another lovely day. And we should also point out there's there's really an easy way to get over uh, to the Como Park Zoo and Conservatory. And uh, how, how do people do that? Uh, I understand the Como Shuttle 
uh, launched today for the season. It did. So our shuttle service will be running on weekends up until Memorial Day, and then it will run daily. But uh, So it makes it nice and easy. You can park at the state fairgrounds. We've got a special lot over there and just look for signs that for our shuttle. And then we just shuttle you over so you don't have to go through the parking lots looking for for a parking space. It just makes it super nice and easy and gets you right to a, right near our front doors. And we also have a partnership with Metro Transit this weekend. They are offering free rides. So if you go to our website, you can get a coupon to be able to get a free ride from Metro Transit. It's hard to beat free. It's very tough to beat free. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that is outstanding. So a lot of things going on. Where do people go to find out about all the events this weekend and then through the summer at Como Park sure. Zoo? Yeah, if they just visit our website, which is www.comozooconservatory.org, you will get to our website, and you can check out everything that's happening today and this weekend, as well as going for the future when planning your visit to Como. Yeah, and are the rides going? They are. Today is opening day of Como Town, so that'll be open on weekends as well for a while until we go daily once we get a little further into spring and moving into summer. Yeah, but it is awesome weather today. I'm sure you couldn't really really, uh, plan for better weather than today. Yeah, I I worked hard on it, and uh, (laughs) I'm pretty proud of the weather this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out really good. After a rainy week, it was probably like, oh, it's going to be a bummer, but uh, great, great weather. And I'm sure it's it's very busy, but there's still room for folks. Absolutely. And with that shuttle, it makes it just nice and easy to get here. All right. Outstanding, Lindsay. A pleasure to visit with you. Thanks. You as well. Have a good one. All right. Lindsay Sipnaski from Como uh, park zoo and conservatory one of the great treasures here in the twin cities so many great memories as a kid and the conservatory is just absolutely spectacular uh year round but it is an amazing place to go in the dead of winter and you are transported to another place by stepping into the conservatory so uh earth day uh, continues. Uh, we heard, uh, of course, Sloan Martin from our newsroom reporting uh, from the state capitol grounds in a, in a big uh, march and rally uh, associated with Earth Day. And then, of course, uh, things going on really at, all over town, but uh, another good one for the kids at uh, Como Park Zoo and Conservatory. 242 here at CCO. It's certainly a busy sports day. Kind of a tough day uh, for Troy Merritt, the pride of Spring Lake Park. Uh, he started the day at three under par, but he's lost ground in a, a very windy day. As a matter of fact, he's now four over on his round today through 16 holes, and he's fallen into a tie for 51st today, but the wind is howling in the San Antonio area. Uh, Cameron Smith atop the leaderboard at eight under par. Brandon Grace is in a group at seven under par with Martin Laird and Jonathan Randolph. Bob Estes, uh, Bud Cauley at six under par. Not a ton of names playing this week at the Texas Open. Once again, it looks like uh, the weather is pretty tough in San Antonio, Texas today. 64 and windy. It is 2.43 here at News Radio 830 WCCO. A couple other things we want to remind you about. Uh, one is keyword for cash. Have you heard the winners? Maybe a neighbor has won in keyword for cash. We're giving away 10 chances each weekday 
to win $1,000. Play keyword for cash at 12 past each hour beginning at 8 a.m., 8.12 a.m. with Dave Lee in the morning news and continuing through 5 with John Williams here on CCO. So keyword for cash rolls along 10 chances each weekday to win $1,000. It is 2.44 here at CCO. We'll come back, take a look at where the NBA and NHL Stanley Cup playoffs stand. We'll get some thoughts from Jonathan Lowe about uh, what's going on in both. Uh, Still that big surprise in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. The Chicago Blackhawks are done. Um, Really, so far, no major surprises in the NBA playoffs. Where's my broom? Yeah, there you go. I need to send a broom to Chicago. So we'll get into that coming up in a moment here on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 2.47 on a Saturday. Tigers lead the Twins 32 in the fourth. Sunny day, Target Field. Blues over the wild 2-0. Midway through period number one in St. Paul. Do or die. Uh, the season ends for the wild today if they don't win if they do, they force a game six in St. Louis. So not a good start for the Wild. They're down 2-0 early in that one. Quick update on the NHL playoffs today. Uh, the Canadians and Rangers. Uh, Rangers lead at 3-2. They could uh, they could uh, win in advance tonight at the Garden. 7 o'clock start time tonight. Then the late game. Oilers Sharks from San Jose. That'll start at 9.30 our time. The Oil could advance in the playoffs coming up tomorrow. Senators Bruins, Senators up three games to two. They could advance with a victory. And you've got Caps and Maple Leafs uh, with the uh, Caps set to advance with a victory in Toronto uh, tomorrow night. And, of course, uh, already advancing, the Nashville Predators and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins win the series four games to none. The Predators advance Four games to none over the Blackhawks. Actually, the Pits, uh, the Penguins won four games to one over Columbus. I thought that's what I said. Penguins won uh, four games to one, and the Predators won okay. uh, four games to zero. Then that's my bad. None in, yeah. one, none in one sound very similar. Also, don't forget about the Anaheim Ducks. They swept uh, Calgary four games to none, and they have already advanced as well. Yeah, so uh, there, there were a couple of sweeps. Uh, one series that won five games. Uh, the Wild series may end, unfortunately, in five games today, the way it looks. Uh, and really, it it all comes down to goaltending. In the, in the first, three series, first three games of this series, just to boil it down, there's a lot of hand-wringing about this, that, and the other thing. Jake Gallen was better than Devin Dubnik in the first three games of the series, and the Blues won those games. And in the fourth game, Dubnik was better than Allen, and the Wild won that game. And so far today, uh, the Blues have a couple of goals, and, and Allen stops some tough shots. It's it's not all that complicated in most NHL Stanley Cup playoffs game. You get great goaltending. Pecorino was phenomenal in that series for the Nashville Predators. Let up three and, goals in four games. Yeah, and, one was, the, and was one of the big reasons uh, the Predators Won that series over Chicago four games to none. I was talking about this on Thursday, and and someone was talking to me about, well, the Wild, if they can get momentum going, if they can get 
one win, maybe they can make it into two or th- and three and then pull off the sure. improbable and get four wins and beat Jake Allen. Well, if they had beaten Jake Allen, they were going to get Pekka Rene in the second round. And Rene, in all accounts, is better than Jake Allen. He's probably yeah. one of the top three goaltenders in the NHL. So it's not like this was going to be anything that, oh, once you get past Jake Allen, then you got smooth sailing all the way to the cup finals. Yeah, and you, you can get you know, elite goal scoring, and you can have players like Sidney Crosby, even though Alexander Ovechkin hasn't been to a Stanley Cup final and hasn't been able to put his name on the Stanley Cup. But more times than not, how good is your goaltending? That's going to tell you so much about a team and how they do. Calgary didn't get very good goaltending, and they got swept by the Anaheim Ducks. Um, pretty simple. In the NBA, uh, star power is really one of the one of the uh, things that will tell you a lot about a, a series. Quickly, uh, today uh, in the NBA, uh, Toronto and Milwaukee fear the deer. Uh, they're up two games to one in that series. Um, we got to find that NBA game here in studio. Uh, Raptors yeah. and Bucks. I will put it on one of the televisions. Too. I didn't know if you wanted the Wild on two screens or just one, but I'll find the game. It is well. Uh, I, I only want it on one because they're down two zero. I see. Okay. Yeah. So so we got to get some NBA. Bucks. So a really good story. They uh, have a chance to go up three games to none at home in Milwaukee. Uh, that game is underway. A little bit later on, Wizards and Hawks. Uh, the Wizards are up two games to none. This is a good team. John Wall is a good player, and they maybe don't get enough attention in the NBA, Jonathan. But uh, the team out of D.C., uh, this, is, this is a team that uh, I really like, and I, I think they've got great upside, particularly with a player like John Wall. They're scary because yeah. Wall came in with a lot of hype. He got a good backcourt made in Bradley Beal, and they, they people looked at these – guys two years ago, maybe even three years ago, as one of the up-and-coming backcourts in the NBA. Now you look at places like Milwaukee with Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo, places like Golden State with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. There are people that have passed these guys by, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan in Toronto. But this is a very formidable backcourt. And then you add in Marcin Gortat in the middle, Otto Porter has really started to come along on the wing. This is a scary team. I saw a game, and I told you this before, uh, earlier in the season where they were. it was a Monday night game, nationally televised. They were taking on uh, Cleveland at home, and that game went to overtime. And it, I think it ended up about 140 to 134, uh, something of that nature. This is a scary team. And if they get through to play Cleveland later on in, this, in the playoffs, the offensive capabilities of that series could be fantastic. And I like saying fear the deer. By the way, I'll, t- I'll tell you something real quick. On Thursday night, Milwaukee put a house, uh, they, they housed Toronto. I mean, they put a whooping. Oh, yeah. That they was... put a straight whooping on the, on the Raptors. And they lead 27, 26 right now. I make that 29, 26. They just scored. Uh, a moment ago in Milwaukee at the Bradley Center. Wizards Hawks later on. Once again, as I mentioned, uh, Wizards up two games to none there. Spurs Grizzlies. San Antonio leads two games to one. They'll be playing that in Memphis tonight at 7 o'clock. And then the late game, it is Golden State at Portland. 
and the Warriors lead that two games to none. Quick rundown of what's going on on Sunday. It'll be Cavaliers and Pacers. Cavs up three games to none. I, I saw game three. Indiana had a huge lead, and then what LeBron James just absolutely took over I that mean, game. LeBron James took it over, but what a collapse by Indiana. I mean, you are you have 74 points at the half. 74 points, and you can't close out a team with a 25-point lead? That is that is just at home. It's, it's devastating. It's gut wrenching. Yeah, it's gut wrenching. I don't I don't know if the Pacers can come back. Maybe they they sneak one out in Game Four. I don't know if they can. Yeah, they they had absolutely no answer for LeBron James. He absolutely took over that game. They could they couldn't do anything to stop him. And he had a triple double. And he scored over 40 points in that game three. It was really impressive. You know, all this talk about, you know, who are the best players in the game and who's the MVP. And you've had Russell Westbrook and you've had James Harden and you've got Steph Curry and you've got Kawhi Leonard and all these great players. LeBron James is still pretty good. He's still he's still the best physical talent in the world of basketball. Oh, he yes. is. There's no denying that. That's different from being the MVP from any given season, one season to the yeah, next. Yeah, I, I agree, but uh, he sure was good. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Rock Kid Sand Thunders from OKC. Houston up two games to one. Celtics and Bulls. Celtics, after two ugly performances at home, uh, got to win on the road, climb back into it. They can even it up tomorrow. And then tomorrow night, the LA Clippers take on the Utah Jazz and the clip up two games to one. But Blake Griffin is done for the playoffs. And I I think in some ways the Clippers have been better without Blake Griffin. So we'll see how they respond to that. It's something that's that's been the same way for the last two seasons. When Griffin goes out, people are spelling gloom and doom for the Clippers, but they actually seem to play, in my opinion, a little bit better than when Griffin is out there. So it'll be interesting to see how the Jazz can respond. They're still trying to get Rudy Gobert back in the lineup. Yeah, and that is a big problem for them. I I thought they would win this series. All right, Wild get a goal, 2-1 late first over in St. Paul. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.